0: know your time is valuable thank you for holding someone will be with you as soon as possible
1: what did we think of this movie i'm giving this movie a b-
2: what odin reminds me of a haitian father
1: <laughs> this is it feels like the comic brought to live screen <laughs>
2: on anything who's gonna stop you it's odin's <laughs>
1: this is if this is the story they are going for can we buy a cheap table so i can flip it hi <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like,
2: right, everybody we got a curfew by
0: nine o'clock you're odin's
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my, dang can you edit that out and
3: now
1: this is marvelous friends marvelous friends welcome to the marvelous friends podcast
3: <laughs> you are now listening to marvelous friends
1: to our listeners uh thank you for for joining this episode um we're looking to hang out catch up talk chill vibe it's a whole vibe that's probably the name of this episode it's a whole vibe vibe
3: i'm happy we got Elise here because she's like
4: (laughs) a vibe expert she's a vibe expert
1: out here so oh dang oh
2: i try bro i try
1: yo imagine imagine hiring somebody uh, to be a vibe expert. Because you just cannot get the vibe right. Sheen. Not in the office. Not in your home. Um, not in any place. Where vibes are required. You need to hire somebody. That could be. You a new how... romantic comedy.
4: A man there that cannot vibe. Hires. <laughs> Wait, <okay>. An actress <laughs> that looks like Elise. Who can vibe. And they vibe. And then they, you know, start to fall for another. Mm. So,
2: so am I like the, am I like the, I like the hitch like the of hitch vibing? Of like, you know,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like a remake of hitch, but about vibing. Remake of hitch. And this is a romantic comedy. So you have to get Adam Sandler to do it. <laughs> you have to.
2: Never mind. Never mind. Uh, that
4: age <laughs> gap <laughs> is a
1: little bit sketchy, bro. Can we get someone a so little bit younger? The opposite of
4: Kevin
3: James is Adam Sandler?
1: No, I just think when I think romantic comedy, for some reason, my mind goes straight to Adam Sandler. Why don't we get, you know what, it we does. Can get
4: wow. a, wee, a, a white boy that can't really vibe well like off the top of my head. Dang, you, you just called me out. Um, the guy who played, <laughs> wait, who saw the two 2015 Fantastic Four? Ooh. I I was busy. So I had to stay. uh, (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh.
2: Sorry, we left you hanging. (laughs) Wait,
1: we've addressed this though. We have not seen that movie. No, I don't know if you guys can hear the conversation Uh, between two of my roommates. Oh.
4: A little bit. I I just hear voices. I just hear voices. Okay, good. It's like super loud, and anyway. Um,. Super loud on my end. Anyway, so what was I saying? 2015 Fantastic Four. Yeah, you three haven't seen it, but though the Mister Fantastic in that version, that actor would be perfect for a younger version of Hitch, with Elise as a female Hitch. I don't know if you want to look up the photo, Elise.
3: Yeah, I have no idea. Look up his
4: picture. 2015 Mister Fantastic, but I could see it. I'm
1: glad you could see it. Let me see.
3: What else has he been in?
1: He's been in a few who other movies. I feel like Rinaldi, Rinaldi can Rinaldi Rinaldi say that Rinaldi because he watched that Fantastic Four movie.
3: Miles yeah. Teller.
1: Yep, Miles Teller. Yep. He's been uh, in other uh, movies.
4: The other that Fantastic Four is the one oh, I can him, him the, the most.
1: Him? I ah. Oh. Who's in Mr. Top 10? Mr. Fantastic?
2: Fantastic. he?
4: That, that is Mr. Weird? Fantastic.
1: Yeah. That's he yeah. yeah that's weird. who they casted. He's got a weird face.
4: I haven't
3: seen any of his movies. <laughs> Let me These
1: see. These shows have been random movies.
3: They made a second Top Gun.
4: Yeah, it hasn't come out yet. They keep delaying it. Uh
3: uh-huh.
1: But but anyways, so we uh, here here's a, here's a way we can uh segue into your segment, uh, Rinaldi. So have you ever been tricked? <laughs> this is for the listeners. <laughs> uh, have you ever been tricked, bamboozled, manipulated? whatever, uh, told one thing and the result of whatever it is was not delivered or it's the complete opposite of what you were told, Uh, surely not. Nobody here has been uh, manipulated, tricked or anything. No, of course we have. at one point or another. And, And it's funny because when we watch some of these Marvel movies and we watch these Disney Plus shows and just anything regarding MCU, you know, we love the MCU. We love these characters. We love these stories. But then some things happen that make you go, huh? I don't understand that. And then when you start digging behind the scenes on why certain things happen, things start to make sense on why they do. And so our uh, our expert in this here, Rinaldi, you have a segment uh, called... Kevin Feige Okie-Dokes. Yeah, why don't you explain that a little bit to us, and and I think you have an Okie-Doke for us. But explain uh, the segment. We've had the segment before, but for the new listeners listening to this episode, explain that to, uh, what that is. So
4: the idea... Is that Kevin Foggy kind of, you know, he's promoting these movies. And I think the fact that we have a Marvel universe, we have to give him credit for that. We have a Marvel, film, and TV universe. You know, mm-hmm. we gotta, you know, let let our audience know, our listeners know that that's that's a good thing. I think it's a great mm-hmm. thing, and I enjoy talking about it, this universe with you guys. But Along the way of putting this universe together, there have been projects, films, and shows where Kevin Foggy has kind of set expectations for what we can look forward to in these shows and in these movies through his public statements. And then when we watch the actual movie, it doesn't match those expectations that he said publicly. You know, whether it's at a Comic Con, whether it's in an interview. Whether it's his, uh, his thoughts on a trailer that was released. When we watch the actual movie or show, it doesn't match what he said. Now, some people might still like the movie. Some people might still like the show. But at the end of the day, what he said is not in the movie or in the show mm-hmm. that we're watching. And that is what we call a Kevin Foggy okie doke. Past ones that we did, real quick, I'll summarize them real quick. Thor Ragnarok, there was no real Ragnarok. There was no real apocalyptic disaster that des- destroyed Asgard. I mean, yeah, technically Asgard was destroyed, but it wasn't this kind of painful, scary experience like the Snap. Like, you guys remember the Snap? That was like painful and scary. Everyone disappearing. Ragnarok wasn't like that, but Kevin Feige said it would be this painful, scary thing. Um, We got Age of Ultron. There was a bunch of edits to the original version of Age of Ultron to fit in Captain Marvel, but they couldn't cast someone in time. So there's some weird edits in Age of Ultron because of that, because they were trying to shoehorn Captain Marvel in there. Um, Then we have Captain Marvel. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. okey-doke, where S.H.I.E.L.D., in the Captain Marvel movie, they look like a bunch of punks. Whereas in Winter Soldier, S.H.I.E.L.D. was like serious. I don't know if you remember Winter Soldier, Nick Fury wasn't messing around. But in Captain Marvel, he was kind of just kind of goofy. And Kevin Feige said we were going to learn a lot about S.H.I.E.L.D. and about Nick Fury. And all we learned was that Nick Fury was kind of goofy. Um, and
1: then in Hawkeye, Ronin and Kingpin.
4: I mean, enough
1: oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever Kevin Foggy starts with, we're going to learn about fill in the blank. We're not going to learn a single thing. Yeah. I mean, did we learn anything, anything
4: about Ronin in Hawkeye?
1: Nope. No, we didn't.
4: Not really. I mean, everything you need to know about Ronin, you can find it in Avengers Endgame. There so, it is. so here's there the it is. new okie that doke. So the new okie doke I have, oh, we're going you. back I in know. time. We're going way back to phase one. We're going all the way back to phase one with the early movies. And I think, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this, I think what happened here has led to where we are now with Marvel Disney+. Plus. I'm, I'm 100% confident of that. Okay. But we'll see. So, we're going back to Iron Man Two. I know this is a movie that a lot of people forgot about, or they just think, "Oh, it was okay; it wasn't that bad." But here's here's some here's a major problem with Iron Man Two. So, who who directed Iron Man Two?
3: Oh, John Happy John Favreau. John
4: Favreau, Mr. John Favreau, love that guy, um, as you all know. So, what happened? And I think I've mentioned this before in passing, but I'll you know summarize it real quick so what happened is John Favreau um and Kevin Feige actually have a you know those movies where a guy is dating a new girl and the ex-girl shows up and they kind of passively aggressively greet one another the two girls like the current girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend sure but they don't openly mm-hmm. fight each other Sure. That's Kevin Feige's relationship with John Favreau because of Iron Man 2. Because Kevin okay. Feige made John Favreau cut out a bunch of scenes about Iron Man's personal struggles now that he's this uh, famous superhero and some issues he has with Pepper, um, him dying. A bunch of scenes about that were cut out. So a lot of scenes were cut out. And then he was forced to film scenes that were very comedic and funny so all the personal challenges that iron man was dealing with at iron man 2 were turned into something of a joke i don't know if this sounds familiar to you guys but it does to me and then the villain played by mickey rourke he was supposed to be a sympathetic like villain you know mm. but he was turned into a one-dimensional thing for iron man to fight and that seems a bit familiar. To me as well when it comes to Marvel. Mm-hmm. So. Kevin. So John Favreau doesn't really like Kevin Feige. He only is around. With Spider-Man because he has a great relationship. With Tom Holland. He loves working with Tom Holland. That's the only reason he's around. And Mickey Rourke thinks Marvel is a joke. And if you ask him about Marvel. He'll probably cuss up a storm. And yell mm-hmm. in anger. <laughs> And he's actually, I think he said in the end, interview, I hope Marvel fails at what they try to do. The the bird scene that we all thought was funny, that was a reshoot. That was not in the original story. They, may, they did yep. that to make him more comedic as well, hmm. even though he was the main villain. So I don't know if you guys feel like this this event has set up a pattern that has persisted to where we are now. Or if maybe I'm just... Blowing this out of proportion. And this was just isolated to this movie.
2: Well. My initial thoughts. I'm not sure if. It's hard for me to say. If this is where it started. But obviously I do believe in general. There is a trend with that in general. Um, And I think each of us. Have mentioned it at some point. About like. That this happens because they have a brand. And they want to protect that. Um. Yeah. So I mean, but yeah, Iron Man two is fairly early on. So who knows? Maybe this was kind of somewhat the start of it, and then it just they just kept going with that. Um. Yeah. I mean. I mean. I. I don't. I mean, y'all. Y'all.
0: Yeah. Y'all already know. I was going to add real
4: quick that Kevin Feige used this movie as a pitch to convince Disney to buy Marvel.
3: That's crazy. Wow. Oh.
1: That's it then. Because. So.
4: So he originally, here's the thing, this is the weird thing about this. There's so many layers to this. This is like Moon okay. Knight. Based. It's like Kevin Feige is Steven and John Favreau's Mark. It's like so many layers to this relationship. So Kevin Feige loves and respects John Favreau. And when John Favreau brought, Kevin Feige, the original story for Iron Man 2 where we saw like the struggles and the darkness and it's like Iron Man is miserable about being famous and the villain was actually like a villain like kind of like Killmonger. He was a very serious villain with like a sympathetic motivation. Right. Kevin Feige was very supportive of the idea but when the people, the big people, the investors were yelling at Jon Favreau, Kevin Feige didn't Protect John Favreau. He basically decided to go to Disney because he felt like, what's the point of trying to use his influence to change their minds? Let's just go to Disney. And so, John Favreau mm-hmm. resented Kevin Feige for basically leaving him out to dry. And Kevin Feige, I think, in his mind, he wanted an easier path for this universe to be formed. Because if his his mind, if he was fighting with the investors at Marvel, this universe wouldn't be formed. Like these movies wouldn't be made. They would be a back and forth forever. So let me go to Disney and pitch this idea of hey, let's make this lighter so we can get this universe off the ground.
0: We'll be right back.
1: In a world where age is nothing
3: but a number in life and in fandoms, join Kimberly and Sheila as they review movies and
0: TV shows for their podcast, Forever Fangirls.
1: Tune in bi-weekly as we delve into the good, the bad, the cute, and explore different themes of each show we cover. Or you can listen to my wife do different voices.
4: Anyway, darlings, Forever Fangirls is available on all major podcasting platforms or on our website, foreverfangirls.com.
1: That's that's very interesting because uh, I, I'm trying to wrap my head. So, okay, first of all, I think what you just laid out as far as what the okie doke was with Iron Man Two, and then this pattern of either uh, depowering heroes or making things incredibly kid friendly. Um, you know, if if Iron Man Two. Was designed to as as a pitch to Disney to buy Marvel, then I can see them, I can see how that would then trickle down to all the other movies. Um, it does make me question some of the adult themes that do end up in these movies.
0: Hmm. Um, if
1: this is meant for kids, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Eternals has some very adult things in it, very adult things,
4: yeah, it's Uh, true. It makes yeah. you
1: wonder. It makes you wonder if it actually is kid friendly or if there's something else going on. Um you know, uh oh my gosh, what was I I was just thinking about this movie the other day and um I can't remember what it was, but there's there's a couple of movies that just deals with adult themes. The beginning like of Black Widow themes.
4: was pretty serious, like the beginning. Part. It was very it was
1: very dark. Heart attack. So, so it's like so it's like what exactly Because the kid-friendly stuff is very clearly kid-friendly, but then when it gets like dark and like, you know, like what's what's going on here, then I gotta ask, okay, so what exactly do you call kid-friendly? Because it just it just sounds like an agenda being pushed, especially when you have Eternals that pushes really adult things.
4: Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what what you you think. Wait, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, I think I agree with Rob, but are all of like the Iron Man movies and stuff, are they PG-13 or are they PG?
4: PG-13? 13. 13. So the thing with Iron Man 3, and I said this during my Iron Man 3 review, and I'm not saying, oh, change your mind about the movie. If you feel you're uh, angry about the movie, so be it. But um, John Favreau refused to direct Iron Man 3, but then lied yep, publicly by saying, oh, I'm busy with other projects. So if you look at interviews with John Favreau on for the lead up to Iron Man 3, because he was loosely involved with Iron Man 3 because he's really good friends with Robert Downey Jr. So and he's in the movie. He's Happy Hogan. He's the, the, the security guard dude. Sure. So if you read the interviews from the lead up to the release of the movie, He's going to say, oh, I was busy with other projects. I didn't have time to direct Iron Man 3. I only had time to be in the movie as Happy Hogan. Sure. Mm-hmm. But when you dig into the actual like journalism reports, he refused to do Iron Man 3 and blamed Kevin Feige and what he did in Iron Man 2 about for it. And so they were forced sure. to go to Shane Black, who really loves Die Hard. Right. And
1: kiss, kiss, bang, bang.
4: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think from a business standpoint, I I don't at all blame Kevin Feige at all for making that move to have because you're you're trying to build a universe that is intertwined, um, that is not just cinematic, but episodic. Uh, you treat it episodically. Um, I cannot think of a brand or a company or just a studio that does that even when you look at disney cartoons uh there are easter eggs throughout the cartoons that tie into other movies that are under disney and so disney has a habit of doing that uh and pixar too um yeah the
4: closest thing i can think of is star wars yeah but i think marvel does
1: it better this whole time yeah well even right but here's the thing like with star wars it's still star wars right yeah it's still you know you you go from one story then you build and build and build and i think marvel has has laid out the groundwork on how to build not just the universe but also tell side stories the in between stories and you know marvel's really done a great job with that so now other studios and other platforms can do that plus it also helps that star Star wars is also with disney yeah and now Um,
4: star wars is starting to imitate this model that marvel has because disney owns it now right
3: they pioneered it so i'm sure there's a lot of things that they're like oh we're gonna do it this specific way and then for whatever reasons marketing or money or getting the right actors just didn't work out and so then we get all these kevin feige okey dokes but i wonder if it like Like, moving forward, like, phase four or five, if we're going to get as many, or maybe we'll get more, if anything?
4: Yeah, the tricky thing is, because this took a lot of research, because this was, like, more layered than I really thought. Um, Um. But the tricky thing is, like, there is a... Like, one, I think he's really good at putting together projects when he has the right people and there's great chemistry. Like, he got the Russo brothers. Like, Kevin Feige was the one that picked up the phone... He got the Russo Brothers. They like working with Kevin Feige. Russo Brothers actually have um, issues with Disney. And mm-hmm. there's been a back and forth with Disney, especially about Captain Marvel, which is a whole other thing. Yep. And Kevin Feige was stepped in and smoothed all that out so the Russo Brothers didn't leave the project. So I have to give him credit for that. And, and, and also the marketing piece. like He's good at marketing stuff. But then when I think about the movie as an individual movie, that's where the okie doke comes in. Just as an individual movie. Yep. Like, yo, we could have had an Iron Man that really had a struggle. And that would have made him snapping his fingers and saying, I am Iron Man, that much more sweeter. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, thankfully, Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. is such a great actor that we still had sweetness. But I don't think Iron Man 2 helped. But that's my final word on it.
1: Again, from a business standpoint, sell to Disney. And, you know, you got a company that is used to universe building or uh, Easter eggs and intertwining different stories. And, you know, uh, why not give it to Disney? Um, but I also, you know, Kevin Feige has a very uh, a very specific vision. This is why he's able to cast... Um, who he casts, you know, uh, for these for these roles, you got uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's the perfect casting. There's no better casting for Iron Man than Robert Downey Jr. From a business standpoint if i'm kevin feige a lot of these moves that he that he makes makes sense right. should he but but i will also say should he be telling us that we're gonna get stories that we're never gonna get i i i think that's a whole different yeah. topic right
4: there And you can't tell directors that hey i support your story but then when the investors step in and say, "Think of the children." You just leave the dude high and
0: dry. Like, <laughs> think of the that's children. Kind of messed
4: up. So that's like a double okie doke.
2: Dad, he just okie doking everybody.
4: Kevin Feige, real lucky that John is tight with Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. Because mm. he could have pulled up Natalie okey-doke Portman exception. and just vanished.
1: He <laughs> just poop <boom. laughs> Has Natalie Portman become the standard of of? Uh, calling your own shots and leaving when you need to.
3: I think she's earned
4: that. She earned that, man. Natalie, Natalie Portman is a great actress. Like Jane was not her fault. That was just, just weird writing. Yeah,
1: Mm-mm. yeah, I was yeah. weird.
4: Same thing with Scarlett Johansson. Black Widow was not her fault. That was just weird writing. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is her trend. Same thing yeah, with Brie like Larson. Every Same thing with
1: Brie Larson. That's true, this is weird writing. <laughs> Uh, no no, <laughs> I I blame that on Brie Larson. Wow, he's man, he's
3: not going to
1: defend. No. <laughs> no, no, that was a test. No, I need
3: a second Captain Marvel movie before I, I say need, anything.
1: I need okay. All this all this baton passing, uh, she needs to give that up. She needs to give it to Monica, um, you know, pass pass the mantle. Um, we're done with Brie Larson. Like, like no, no, like, like, like Brie, you're Brie like, Larson. You're like that's a had, baton you, that you want to
4: see pass, not this other these other ones.
1: I don't care about all these other like all these other batons. Okay, great. We're getting a young Avengers. We're getting a new. I'm not even excited about the new Avengers. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I'm just not. I'm just okay, not. We could, so wait. Who, real who we, quick. Got? We, who? Got Shang-Chi. we got Shang Chi. We got Shang Chi. We got Lady okay. Hawkeye. Okay. We got Lady Hawkeye. Is she is she new Avengers or Young Avengers?
4: Oh yeah, my fault. Scratch her off the list. Um, we got the new Captain America.
1: We got we got, got Elisa's
4: favorite character, uh, Bucky.
1: <laughs> Bucky, did you say Bucky?
3: his favorite character.
1: Bucky. But is he an Avenger, though?
3: He's an advisor. <laughs> That's a good point.
1: <laughs> no, it's but like, for though, is he at? is he is he an Avenger? You, if we want to talk about somebody's emotional
4: state, where is Bucky at? Like, what's his emotional situation? Like? We talk about Probably fine aren't.
3: based off of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah,
2: I think he, he's but reached he, that he, he level he's
1: not really
4: fighting, stability. though. He's not really fighting, exactly though. Well,
1: hence, he, I don't think he... That's why I think he's not an Avenger anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's stepping down from that. No, honestly. They just let yeah. the black
4: man yeah. he, fight the battle alone. They're like... Steve's like, hey, good luck, Sam. <laughs> and then no, like, hey, no. Luck, you can't,
1: brother. no. All right, bye. Let me go. I don't think with he's letting anything... I don't think I don't think Bucky's letting anything happen. I think he's respecting Steve Rogers and the decision that he made to pass the shield over to to Sam Wilson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do I agree with it? No. But
2: I mean, but he probably wants a normal life too because it's just like he 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 uh, fell off the cliff or whatever it was. Then they picked him mm-hmm. up and then they just brainwashed him and turned him into mm-hmm. a, a killing mm-hmm. machine. So he really didn't like.
4: He's been yeah, trapped. his
2: yeah, his youth got taken from him. So maybe he wants mm-hmm. to settle down and have a black wife, Rinaldi. You know,
0: that's all right.
4: <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> that's another Marvel now. trend: these white boys with black women. I mean, hey, as long as these black women are happy, I'm good with it. That's that's I, else, I care, care about my black sisters. What's what wait? What's yeah, it wasn't the trend? A swirly couple. Nah, I, Yo, care, I care. I care about my black sisters, man. You know I me. Mean? Shoot. But what's, but what's another example right. <laughs> of what oh um, um mj and peter oh true, oh, true. the true, classic true, true. and then um
2: yeah that's a thing too yeah, yeah. Thing peter too. parker yeah, chose black every time,
3: time. cuz first
2: it every was time. yeah cuz yeah, the, the first girl he had a crush on liz yep
1: yeah
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> always bet on black oh, oh and um then her dad as well
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah, Michael yeah. Keaton.
3: yeah, Michael Keaton, the Keats, the Keats,
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah, mm. okay. Or right. I see the pattern.
4: I'm
0: trying to, to think at? of
4: other ones. Yeah. I does Peter count? I feel like I should count
1: Peter. Peter, oh Peter Quill, oh, yeah, Peter oh, Quill G- with G- Gamora, <laughs> Zola, Saldana is that's a, that's a whole. Can we talk about that? Because that's not She's the black, only Hispanic time when though. Hollywood.
3: Afro-Latina. True
1: Afro-Latina. But she's
3: green. Do we do we
1: want to do we, we want to extend? Do we want to extend the conversation from like just uh, uh, white boys and black girls to like um, what is it? Um,
3: Have we established though, that Martian's is a euphemism for black though, yes. right? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes.
4: yes that is and if you watch Young Justice Martian
1: Manhunter season 4. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Young, just, David young David Justice Young Justice
4: season 4,
1: they literally
4: confirm I do believe Martian Manhunter and Young Justice is a Haitian uncle. He li- he is a Haitian. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Yep.
0: Oh wow. Like, wow.
4: But he's like the cool Haitian uncle. He's not the like bugging out Haitian uncle. He's like the cool. I mean,
2: <laughs> I knew he was black, but how did he become Haitian?
4: <laughs> did you watch those episodes? That looked like a Haitian house, man. <laughs> I
0: did. <laughs> it felt like oh a Haitian goodness. house, man.
4: Especially the way I they talk a- to one another, and oh, Connor yeah. felt like a white boy. He's like t blonde. Like Connor is just too blonde. super boy.
0: Oh man!
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, so I can't think of any other. So we got Peter Quill and Gamora, right? Where are we going to call it? Um, um no,
4: um, uh, Matt Murdoch, and Claire for for a little while. Until Matt started being him, uh,
1: okay. but then, but are, uh, we, are we? Are we? Are we
4: Because
3: to be we fair, Matt just like went after anyone that breathed. That's like true. Karen was there, and he's like, oh, like Karen.
4: Well, Karen, they were you. hanging you out. Like, they had a, a friendship. They were hanging yeah. out playing pool with Foggy and they bro. were friends yeah. with
2: Benefits, man. He was they weren't, they, develop, they
1: weren't anything. He was
2: trying to develop yeah. something, but it, she was quickly, quickly dropped, dropped when Electra came, came back.
1: Yep, real quick, very quick.
4: Well, hey, Electra was like, "Yo, if you want this white girl, you can go ahead. I'm, I'm white." So, Macari. but Matt was like, "Oh, I'll save Eternals. you from yourself."
3: Oh, that's right. Ma- and Druid, Makari,
4: right? and Druid. Oh, yeah, okay.
3: Yeah. yeah, there we go.
4: Makari and that's Druig. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a solid one. one. And then
3: they, they really Th- too. Dang,
4: I wish oh, that true. movie was written Fistos better. And his husband. These, these the characters are actually for the most part solid.
1: The movie's fine. I don't know. Look, I don't know why people. Actually, no. I take that back. I know exactly why. But people gave Eternals such a hard time as if they've never seen a movie yeah, before did. like an actual movie like a first <laughs> movie when you're being introduced to characters for the first time like why do we need to watch like does the movie need to be good or what am i trying to say does a move do do we need to know the characters going into the movie for the movie to be good no like i think the biggest issue is there are too many
4: characters and that's a legitimate too many, right?
1: well too many characters and it felt like a dc movie and yeah. that's really, and that's really yeah. why people did not like this movie because it felt like Zack Snyder produced it or something. Do you think the whole too many characters is like a cop out, or or do you I think, think it's a cop out?
4: I don't know. I, I still have an issue th- with the. I like the the. I like the approach of the movie. I mean, yeah, there's some things they could have did better, but I do like this approach. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that they embraced a Zack Snyder style. way to do a movie but ah man i kind of wish there were a little bit less characters so it's a little bit easier to follow and and connect with stuff yeah
3: i can get behind that because if they had to world build for eternals that would have been kind of just too much
1: yeah if they started with this uh, with uh with eternals forget it
3: Or like introduce one character in their own movie, and then they all get together. Work up to Avengers. No, 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 no. yeah, I hate that. So I kind of like this approach. (laughs) I'm really
4: upset that Marvel Phase Four is just doing this all over again, introducing these characters like Moon Knight, Mm -hmm. or passing along a baton like Sam Wilson, Captain America, and then in 2028 they're going to come together to fight Kang.
2: Well, you know, and Sam's going to turn
4: to Moon Knight and be like, hey, man, I'm here for you, because I used to deal with veterans that have PTSD, and everyone's going to be like, oh, it's connection, because he used to help veterans. Mm-hmm. And Mark has <laughs> personality disorder, yeah. and I'm like, oh, just, oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> um On that note, actually, I was actually reading something last week um where one of the Russos um, actually talked about this, like, uh in terms of like are we supposed to get another like really connected universe sort of thing like you know connected like you know, um as we did in the previous phases and i think he, uh one of them said which one i gotta figure out which russo it was um but he was saying that honestly marvel doesn't have a plan they're just they're they they have characters that they're doing stuff and they're kind of basically kind of seeing what sticks But they don't really have Mm -hmm. a, like, a, this is going on. Then that will connect to that as of now, supposedly. I don't Mm -hmm. know if he's just protecting. Yeah, you said something. You know, he's just watching out for Kevin's shooters. But um, (laughs) I read something like that last week. I'm going to see if I can Mm. pull it up for y'all.
1: It's, You know, yeah, pull that up. I'm interested in that. It's so easy to see. Like, Marvel does not have, like, they know where they, right now, it seems like it's clear where they want to go, but how we're getting there right. is, is so all over the place, and there's no identity. When you have phase one and phase two, I'll even say phase three. Like, all the phases yeah. before this one, there, there was a clear identity and a clear direction. Now, where all the movies good? Not all of them. But – there was a clear d- direction and a clear identity in each step of the way.
3: I think the um, the thing that kind of messed them up a little bit is honestly the Disney Plus shows because I think yeah. if they didn't have to compete in that space, they could have like t- taken their time and built more or um, focus heavily on the Disney Plus shows and then maybe take a break from the movies.
1: Do Do we think that um that Disney is trying to dominate the streaming space?
4: Yeah, definitely. But, okay. I mean, historically, Marvel hasn't been great with, with like, being consistent with TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like, going back to the yeah. 90s, man. Like, because, okay, we got X-Men, we got Spider-Man, that's all you got. And then when you get into the right. 2000s, what, what what Marvel cartoons were people watching in the 2000s? Because right. I can give you Teen Titans, I can give you Justice League, I can give you the Batman spinoff. They did a spinoff cartoon of the Batman. I can give you like Smallville. That was a huge following. I mean, that's live action, but you know what I'm saying. Like I can give you stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel, what were they doing? Yep. Uh, mm, they
3: were, they were quiet. quiet. They
4: were quiet. And then the TV shows that I think show. are written well, like. Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Daredevil, it's like they kind of go out of their way to like treat them like Mark. It's like Kevin Feige is like the mom and it's like, you're bad. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. But what did I do? You're too Mm. dark and serious. Now go away, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil (laughs) and Jessica Jones and Punisher.
1: Go away. And it's like, what?
4: Mm -hmm. I'm just being myself.
1: Something just occurred to me so do we think that part of the disassociation from these other tv shows have to do with the protection of the disney brand everything we talked about earlier Uh, like Like kevin kevin really uh fighting to protect that and so instead of outright saying no we have a brand and we want to protect it and yours does not share the same aesthetics and same vision and tone instead of outright saying that they don't share the same tone they just kind of move uh they move funny
0: we'll be right back
4: Are you tired of leaving the theater disappointed? Do you love dissecting all the best and worst of what Hollywood has to offer? Getting the rundown on what to see and what to avoid at all costs. Join Michael Pishoneri, host of the Movies Worth Seeing podcast. Michael reviews all the trending Hollywood films and gives you the inside scoop. The inside scoop. So you'll never leave the theater disappointed again. Check out Movies Worth Seeing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now.
3: We need to research this because I'm like almost tired of speculating. Because I'm like, we're, I feel it feels like we're never going to get a straight up answer. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Feige like, Okie doke. Just li- that one, yeah, that's where exactly. you'll get your
4: answers. It's coming soon. Uh, or just like to a podcast, license some
3: of these characters so that we can get the darker storyline. Because I think there's a way that you can please everyone. But mm-hmm. if you just say nope, kid friendly only, then it's just like you're setting yourself up for disappointment. I mean, the only thing we've had Maybe they're just is making the so much Russo money
4: Brothers and Ryan Kugler. Mm, the cougs yeah. like oh, those yeah. three people have given us darkness
1: that's true that's She's true uh at least what do you got
2: oh i found i found the thing i was looking at last week um so it's from it's from game rant um and i'm just gonna read like like a quick piece of it, like a paragraph or so. But, um, and so this was, it was Joe Russo. I, I couldn't remember which Russo that was saying this, that they had quoted, but it says, um, uh, speaking to Deadline at the Sands International Film Festival of St. Andrews in Scotland, the director went on to say, so this is, them am quoting uh, Joe Russo. It says, the way it works at Marvel, and I'm sure at some point, somebody will talk in detail about this, but part of Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige's brilliance is that there isn't really a plan. This might um, this might sound alarming to some, but this is how uh, Marvel Studios is actually able to stay relevant while also allowing room for quick last-minute changes and flexibility. While on paper, uh, it makes more sense to have an overarching narrative to achieve, that method runs the risk of trapping Marvel Studios in a corner without room to adapt. If an idea doesn't work, then they'll be stuck with the decision they made. Um, And then they're quoting again. It says, "Um, there's an idea, but you can't have a plan if the movie you're making tanks. There's no plan after that, right? So it's really about as the movie succeeded, there was some sort of an enthusiasm about well, what else could we do? The director mm. continued, and that's when, and then that's when new ideas would come out, and there were hopes. Oh, we hope one day that we can get to the story if we keep doing this right. Maybe we could all get there, you know, like Infinity War and Endgame. But a lot of mm-hmm. stuff was a lot of the stuff was made up in between the movies and some of the best call forwards or callbacks were thought of were after, thought after, the, after fact. the fact. So mm. that's just a that's little, just excerpt, a little excerpt,
4: excerpt of, Wow. Um, I mean, that's so a good I, guess mean. I guess.
2: Yeah. So I guess it's, so what it sounds like is, like, is I, guess, I, guess I guess they might they have might an have idea, an but an they're, they're ready to make certain changes on the fly if necessary. Which mm. maybe, maybe it somewhat, somewhat might explain uh, uh Rinaldi why we even why have we the Okie have doke segment, segment now. Mm. <laughs> it's probably because, because he may maybe Kevin Vige did have some sort some of tentative, tentative plan, but then realized, oh realized yeah, that's not that's gonna, not gonna work. work. So he so okie doked us. Maybe.
4: Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. I think but I think the problem with that is that when people challenge you and, and they're like, yo, what's up? And you're, too, you're super evasive, or you say, oh, we'll talk to the director, then, then it's still an okie doke. Mm-hmm. Where at least it's like, if it's like, yo, we, we dropped the ball, but we'll, we'll, we'll do better, then maybe I would be mm-hmm. more gracious and be like, oh, it's not an okie doke, because they acknowledge what went wrong and they're going to correct it. But when you're too evasive Has- and unwilling to kind of acknowledge why people are frustrated, then it's kind of mm-hmm. like I don't know. To me, it still
0: feels like an okie
4: doke. Yeah,
1: right. I don't know. I could be wrong. Does, does, has Marvel ever, Kevin Feige or whoever, came out to apologize or came out, not even so much to apologize, but to, uh, I guess, admit a a where like a, a mistake or something that they could have done better when it came to movie production or the movie outcome Hmm. has that ever happened
4: kind of with
1: iron man 3
4: kind of because they did say that they want to redo they want to find a way to bring in a mandarin that would fit audience expectations but they don't know when they can do it Hmm. but they didn't necessarily address why specifically fergie why she was like yo this I don't like this movie just like forget the mandarin i don't like the movie they really just address the mandarin piece so i find
1: it interesting that point. i find it interesting that, that like so many people and i'm not i'm not bringing this up to like jab at you Ronaldo, yeah. at all but i just find it interesting that so many people don't like iron man 3 but within that group people don't like it for different reasons
3: you know, I was just thinking, too, because I know Rinaldi loves Iron Man 3, and I wish I could really, um um I don't know, just find some amazement in Tony's struggle. But I think the fact that the movie is just not written well or, like, some of the tropes are overused, it sucks because I want to experience what Rinaldi experiences in watching Tony, like, overcome the struggle. But for me, just the... The, mis- the missteps are so loud that I'm just like, yeah, I, I can't even can't even go there.
4: I think for me, it's, it's not a writing issue. It's a direction issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: It's a Shane Black issue. I don't like Shane Black's direction at all of this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with the story at all. I think a lot of the things that disrupt the story of Tony's personal struggle are Shane Black ideas. Like Christmas, mm-hmm. that was all Shane Black because he's a big Die Hard fan. Hmm. He loves Die
1: Hard. Now, so the now I, I want to throw a wrench in there. Wait, <laughs> That hang was on. Shane Black. I just want to throw a wrench. I want to throw a wrench on the Christmas thing, and I want to hear your. I want. I want you to continue. Yeah. But the Christmas thing, I'm also hearing, and this is when Hawkeye came out, that Kevin Foggy also loves Christmas.
3: <laughs> Dang.
1: Yeah.
4: No. So that's another. But but again, I mean, who's who gives the final okay? The, who the director of the movie is going to be kevin Foggy. so it's true, kevin
3: true so. when things go bad kevin just blames other people yeah, that's what true it sounds that's, like. yeah, and also yeah. too, so sorry
4: i can't oh no, no no i was gonna wrap up real quick because we okay, have a yeah, two-hour yeah. episode on iron man 3 but the little kid it's black killian kind of being this kind of goofy suave like like, oh, I want to be like Tony Stark. I want to be smooth like him. But he fumbles with it. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was Shane Black. Um, mm-hmm. And then the side chick that helped the fake Mandarin. Mm-hmm. That was Shane Black. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, there may be other things that you guys didn't like that I did not list. And then, okay, well, then that's just the story of the movie.
1: Hmm. Trevor Mandarin. Oh, that was the, Shane the boy. Black. boy
3: like i didn't even mind the mandarin stuff it was all the stuff that Ronaldo mentioned and i'm like i can't see past this
1: yeah yeah
4: yeah that, that was shane black and, and and to be fair to shane black i know i'm using the phrase to be fair he was worried about <laughs> accusations of racism because the mandarin certain versions of him have been what? criticized as like racist or stereotype, stereotypes gotcha. about asian people or mm-hmm. Middle Eastern people, or Asian people, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, you, you could still work your way around that. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You, I, That feels like an excuse. So, I don't know. I guess Kevin Feige kind of apologized by talking about the Mandarin piece, but he didn't really talk about the other reasons why people hated the movie. Because, like you said, mm-hmm. Rob, there are other reasons why people hated this movie outside of Mandarin.
1: And he never yeah, addressed that. Yeah, it's not that. just the Mandarin yeah like there's there's so many parts that like there's even parts where i'm like okay we could talk about my dislike of iron man 3 but i'm probably not going to even think or mention uh or even care about something that somebody else felt very deeply about like there's just so many things that i felt like depending on the viewer that they walked away going i didn't like that and it's different for everybody, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but on the subject of Kevin Feige, Dogs. dokes.
3: Well, I was going to say, I think the cool thing about the phase that we're in currently is that we get to see a lot of new directors, um, especially with, like, the Disney Plus shows. A lot of these um, directors, they've only done, like, one or two, three projects. And so I think that diversity is also cool. So I wonder if, like, I mean, they don't have a plan for season four, it sounds like, but if they kind of somehow get just new a fresh new take mm-hmm. on things um and actually today um i had a terrible day but i went to see a movie today um i saw everything everywhere all at once have you guys heard about that Oh, i've heard about that um what did you
4: got? what'd you think
3: it was honestly awesome. Like, um, when I saw the trailer in theaters, I was a little bit worried because I'm like, oh, no, are we headed now in this direction? Like, vampire movies are done. Zombie movies are done. Is it, like, multiverse stuff? Is that kind of the new, the new wave? Um, but when I saw this movie, I have never seen anything like it before. It was so odd and quirky. But, like... It It was able able to address, like, a lot lot of the things that that we talked about in, like, our Moon Knight review where it's, like, you're dealing with depression or family issues or trauma. And And I've never never gotten emotional at a movie, but, like, I cried during this movie. It It was just so powerful. So I think if we were able to have maybe new directors or new takes on stories, that can really bring in some fresh... Everything into Marvel, um, and actually, the Russo brothers um, were producers on in this movie. And so it was just I don't know. you can kind of see their influence, but like just having just new stories to tell or I think will be beneficial for Marvel.
0: We'll be right back.
4: Trauma is a catalyst. It provokes significant change in the lives of survivors as well as in the lives of their caregivers. Join me, Carrie Rickert, on my podcast, Transformational Trauma and Healing, as our guests share their stories of trauma and the resources that have been beneficial to them. We will celebrate our guests' successes and learn from their struggles, adding tools to our
1: trauma survival toolbox along the way.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think bring you bringing that up, it makes me feel like maybe I need to adjust my expectations. I know you've talked about that a lot with our Moon Knight mm-hmm. reviews, but maybe it's just, okay, with the right director and the right approach, I can get a great Marvel movie, but I can't mm-hmm. expect that every time I see a Marvel movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Because
4: like, that's what right. it was in the past. That was the, the, the feeling that most people had. Going to the theater, Mm -hmm. it was like, Yo, this is gonna be dope because it's a Marvel movie. But now it's like, Okay, well, Mm -hmm. who's directing the movie? Oh, the Russo's are directing the movie. Ah, cool, this is gonna be dope. Oh, Mm -hmm. this person's directing the movie, and it seems like Kevin Feige got him as a shield to protect
1: himself from criticism. (laughs) Maybe the kids will like this movie, (laughs) yeah, maybe the kids. (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely experimenting with these new directors on Disney Plus. Yeah, um, but I like what they're doing with Moon Knight. Like, given everything we talked about with in our past episodes, um, you know, issues or whatever, all that. Um, but overall, the show is like for for a director and writer or just a team that that's not you know in the habit of producing something to this magnitude. I think they're doing an amazing job. And, you know, this kind of storytelling is not easy to put together. It's not easy to write. Mm. And so, you know, for someone who is, you know, just starting out or whatever, I think it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to your point, um, new directors, fresh stories. um, And letting letting these directors have a voice. Exactly. You know, because that's really what it is. It's not... It's not the Marvel machine anymore. Like, let let yeah. these these young directors, young writers, young producers have a voice in their art.
3: And I think even too for Marvel fans, like, don't just only consume Marvel content. Like, get branch out a little bit, right. yeah, so that you please. can have one a better appreciation for movie and films. But well, yeah, have a better appreciation for movie and films, and then you can demand excellence mm-hmm. from your Marvel directors. But like that way, you don't end up disappointed when like they fumble. A story or a character mm-hmm. or whatever that you love because that will happen as we've seen before yeah
1: like i i'll even you know I, I like that you said that um i sometimes when when we're recording and we're always like nitpicking or talking about what we didn't like even if even out of a good show there's like oh i didn't like that i didn't like that and like sometimes i'm like oh man do we sound like snobs like do we sound <laughs> like you know fake critics or whatever but the reality is is that we've we've seen excellent movies and when i say excellent movies i'm not talking about christopher nolan like that's ex, that's a whole different tier Yeah. but i'm talking excellent movies um that is not a comic book movie right it's yeah. not a dc or a marvel or these are like uh i mean name name some movies i mean you named one just now
3: yeah everything everywhere all at once definitely watch that i think yeah i think okay i don't think everyone will like it but if you identify with like um, american um, immigrant families or if you have like issues with your parents or if you identify as lgbtqia plus i think that'll really hit you but i know for a lot of people who maybe aren't as experienced in life or of is of a a certain background they didn't really like the movie Mm. um so i think I think it it benefits everyone if you just watch something that's different, so you have a better appreciation I watched, of um, art in general.
4: Seventeen. Um. Mm. Dang it. Who directed? it? I think it was. Um. Oh shoot. His name is like on the tip of my tongue. Mm. Sam Mendes. My, yeah.
3: What's that one about?
4: Um. It's basically about. It's it's an interesting movie. It's about a soldier. Um, having to deliver a message to an officer but through a an area in France that's like basically it's called no man's land like you don't go through this area like it's full uh, yeah. of um, bombings and rogue snipers and it's just a very dangerous area but he um, tags uh, his friend uh, in his unit to go with him to deliver this message to this officer to cancel an attack to save his brother's Mm -hmm. life and so it's kind of this kind of journey through the the battlefield and you see it from their point of view like the shots of this movie are excellent like
3: oh snap richard madden and benedict benedict cumberbatch
4: yeah they they have really small so that is kind of an okey doke but i mean but I think the movie is just visually well done and you really feel like you're in world war one in 1917. Wow. Um, wow. i watch and it. You kind of just are immersed in the story of these two men. I don't, they don't really focus on the major plot points of the war. It's just how these two men experience this conflict. So mm. that's what I really liked about I it. It was that. kind of a very simple, but really art, artfully done approach to a film. Mm-hmm. And it was just nice to just kind of jump into that type of story as opposed to, okay, does this connect to this and this connect to that? and Does it connect to King the Conqueror? Like, it's just cool to just kind of <laughs> jump into a, a visually artistic story and connect with it, two characters.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that a silhouette of John Kaczynski? Oh, my gosh. Like?
3: It sounds like we need a Marvelous Friends movie corner, like just movies outside of mm. yeah, the MCU to
4: recommend. Take a little vacation, you know. Oh, I can't re- believe
3: I've never heard of that
4: movie. Oh yeah, it Ronaldo. came out, I think right before COVID yeah, hit.
3: twenty nineteen.
4: Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Only I saw it like on video. Um. A few weeks ago, but h- here's another mm. question I wanted to bring up real quick. I definitely will do recommend watching that movie. Um. But so I was reading the prequel to the Hunger Games books. Mm. Oh so during covid the author um what's her name is it suzanne collins Um, yeah yeah she she released um a prequel during like right when right around when covid started she released a prequel and i didn't find out about it until Hmm. this month yeah
3: why did no one tell me about this i'm upset
4: she kind of pulled like a who does this, like a Kanye or like a Beyonce? She kind of just <laughs> dropped it. She didn't really she drops it. Yep. promote it that much. Um, <clears throat> and I guess it makes sense because everyone was just stuck at home with nothing to do. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. but it's about the, the the president from the original trilogy, like who was mm-hmm. like the main villain. It's about him when he was um, during his senior year of high school.
0: What? Yeah,
4: and it, it's about him learning about how the Hunger Games work because when he was a young man, the Hunger Games had just started. And so mm. he's being trained to learn how to make the Hunger Games better, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow.
3: Let me download this book right now. But, oh, what's, um, it, what's it called, Rinaldi?
4: It's called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Like... Hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna read this. It was interesting.
4: I think it was. It. it I like when books or stories tell things from the other person's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it just makes it the story a bit more interesting. Um, I know Infinity War kind of did that with Thanos. We kind of saw some things from his point of view. So I think this book does the same thing with this villain from The Hunger Games, but like. They go deeper into his his Mm -hmm. his mental state and why he believes what he believes as a young man. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives you a a, a broader understanding of why the the government believed in the Hunger Games and why they didn't care that kids were dying. So I thought it was interesting. Mm -hmm. I do will warn you. The main character is not likable at all. He is (laughs) extremely spoiled. Mm Every preconceived notion you have of Electra applies to this young man mm. times two because he's very obsessed with status and money. Mm-hmm. And he believes the Hunger Games are related to that. Wow. But then as the story goes on, he kind of starts realizing things. But I'll just leave mm. it there. I don't want to give it away.
3: Mm. I just downloaded it.
1: Yeah. i think we're gonna i think we're gonna call it um guys this is fun just hanging out uh vibing um Mm -hmm. and uh starting with an okie doke and just seeing where it goes and uh it's so funny we started with mcu and we we weaved in and out um but we ended up talking about other content and other movies and uh makes me want to go see uh what's the name of that movie again everything everywhere at once everything everywhere at once And
3: I will say it's a movie about a family, but not necessarily a family movie. So maybe don't bring your grandmother to see it unless she's really cool. But (laughs) it's a great movie. I saw it by myself.
4: So that is a great great distinction. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yes. yes. So it's it's refreshing. (laughs) It's a movie. I like it. It's a movie about a family. It's not a family movie. I like it. Um well, uh, that's our episode. Uh, this was fun. Uh, if you are listening, please uh, contact us. If you like what we shared, or if you have any movie recommendations or anything like that, uh, MCU or not, um, we are open to all of it. Marvelous Friends pod at gmail.com. Until uh, next time, catch you later. is the Marvelous Friends podcast.